or that he's been convicted. So it is in doubt. And when you look at what I just think the Democrats wake up every morning, Emily, and they look at the calendar, the iPhone says January 6, 2021. The date never changes. And then they get an electric vehicle and go get an abortion. I just described the Democratic Party <laughs> oh to you God. in seven seconds. Um, that's it. That's what I see. Yep, Kellyanne Conway, former presidential advisor and part-time scarecrow, once again offering her unique humor. I don't know if you guys know, she actually did a stand-up bit for like Washington politicians like 20 years ago and completely bombed, and she still is. So <laughs> this is, uh, she was actually talking about uh, originally the Colorado Supreme Court ruling that struck Donald Trump from the ballot in Colorado as being um, unable to run for office based in the four section three of the 14th Amendment. Uh, as you can see, the cope is strong on the right. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk to actually one of the attorneys, the plaintiff's attorneys, uh, one of the petitioner's attorneys. Uh, this is a great show. So let's just get on the show. And what a day. I'm Fred Wellman on Democracy with FP Wellman. Welcome to the show. As always, say hello, click, like, share, all those good things. So glad to have you here on our show. Man, it is, uh, it, it is, it's always a weird week. Uh, this one got really weird fast. As uh, we're recording this week on Wednesday, people ask me to say that this is a Wednesday show. Uh, it's a holiday week, so we record a little early, so bear with us. But of course, this ruling came down from the Colorado Supreme Court just last night, uh, Tuesday evening. And it's pretty extensive. It's several, it's a couple hundred, you know, like over a hundred pages. And, and I just want to talk about that. And then we're going to have a great guest who's actually argued the case. I mean, I got lucky. Uh, my amazing network of friends, <laughs> you know, actually one of the plaintiff's attorneys is a good friend of mine. So we are going to talk to Mario Nicolaus, one of the uh, defendants. Um, so let's talk about first, I'm going to throw this up on the screen for you. What is section three of the 14th amendment, right? This is, we keep talking about it. And a lot of people call this the insurrection amendment. Uh, and what it talks about is no person shall be a Senator representing Congress or elector of president and vice president hold any office, civil or military in the United States or any other state who pre having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress, officer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, support the Constitution, I shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Okay, so whew, it's a lot. You can see it in the screen. What this means, basically, it, it really was came out after the Civil War uh, to ban those who fought outside of the Confederacy from serving in office or being president. Uh, it has been used since then. Uh, I think one time it came up, uh, a, a socialist was banned <laughs> uh, back in the day. Um, and that's the whole idea. Uh, it, it seems pretty straightforward. The, actually, the for, we, ought, we talk about in the Constitution, you have to be a certain age to run for president. You have to be a natural born citizen. This is the other one. You can't have engaged in insurrection. But man, it, it, it's not a black and white thing, obviously, defining insurrection. Direction. I mean, the cope, the cope is strong. And, and, and probably one of the best pretzel twists I've seen on this topic came from Jonathan Chait writing in the New Yorker today in the intelligence. <laughs> you got, uh, we'll throw this up on screen, Matt, but this little uh, screenshot. But you got, I'm going to read this to you. The weak point in the argument is the finding that Trump's behavior constitutes insurrection. This is a defensible shorthand for January 6th, one I've used frequently myself. But it's not the most precise term. When I had the chance to use a longer description, I generally say that Trump attempted to secure an unelected second term in office. <laughs> I've never seen a paragraph like that. It's not insurrection. He just tried to stay in office when he wasn't elected. I mean, talk about a pretzel twist. It's amazing. You know, an unelected second term in office is not an insurrection. Uh, 
what are words? What are words? <laughs> and so this is what we're dealing with right now. And then, of course, Ron DeSantis. My God, Ron DeSantis. You got you to give Ron DeSantis credit for being monumentally capable of twisting things that always matter about him. And, and, and you got to see this clip. So this, is gonna make, this argument that DeSantis is about to make, if you follow it, will make molecules of logic like explode right into like, I don't know, the neurons, right? So here's a clip of DeSantis. Run the clip, Matt, of DeSantis uh, explaining what his first hot take of the Colorado decision. Here's the larger thing of what the left and the media and the Democrats are doing. They're doing all this stuff to basically solidify support in the primary for him, get him into the general, and the whole general election is going to be all this legal stuff. And look, it's unfair. Uh, they're abusing power 100%. But the question is, is that going to work? Um, and I think they have a playbook that unfortunately will work, uh, and it'll give Biden or the Democrat or whoever the ability uh, to skate through this thing. That's their plan. That's what they want. What they don't want is to have somebody like me who will make the election not about all those other issues, but will make the election about the failures of Biden. Yeah. Okay. So I think if you follow his logic, which was hard, this is actually the, the, the case was brought because Democrats want, want Trump on the ballot and they want him to more strong. We're suing him and he's being, he's being tried for four different you know, indictments, 91 charges, all the key Ron DeSantis from being the nominee, okay? This is just a massive conspiracy against Ron DeSantis. I got nothing. I don't, <laughs> you know, and then Vivek Ramaswamy, we're not gonna run his clip because I cannot stand his voice. I just can't. But Vivek's out there saying that he's gonna, he's gonna boycott the primary, the Colorado primary. I think he's in sixth place in Colorado right now by polls. So this is significant. His dozens of supporters are going to be furious about that, I'm sure. I mean, honestly, heads are exploding and it's kind of funny. But I got to tell you, the, the larger picture is really quite amazing. Um, this is significant. Okay, I, I, There's no way to not frame this as significant. The idea that a court of law, the Supreme Court of Colorado, and remember, folks, our ballots and our elections are run by the states. Okay. They're run by the states. A Supreme Court of a state has said that Donald Trump aided and abetted an insurrectionist, that Donald Trump is an insurrectionist and therefore cannot serve as the president of the United States ever again. This is significant. Okay. And, and we're going to talk about some of the arguments with our guests when he, because I'm sure we're going to talk about you know, conviction versus not conviction and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll let Mario handle that because he's so much more than I am. But I'll just tell you this. It is very serious. And Trump's not handling it well. And I'm sure by the time the show airs, he's going to have say other things. We'll throw this, throw the screenshot on the screen of Trump's truth social post that he put out. I'm not going to read that whole thing. It's the usual rambling of a madman. But I will read this last couple of sentences that should make us think. And at the end, it finishes his post by saying, this is a Pandora's box that works two ways. And it should be closed and tightly sealed right now. Withdraw your political indictments and lawsuits, Joe, before it's too late. That's a threat. Okay. That's a threat of more violence. And that's what we're up against. We're up against a man who has threatened violence. He encouraged the violence on January 6th. He watched the violence unfold and sat in silence and did not order it to be ended. He undermined the attempts to, to stop it. 
There is no question if anybody's got any common sense that Donald Trump aided and abetted that attempted insurrection on January 6th of 20, uh, 2021. So all this makes these uh, upcoming votes start next month all the more insane. Obviously, I'm not I'm not going to talk about the politics of it today. I don't, I don't, I, we can talk about that next week as the dust settles. Obviously, this case is going to go before the United States Supreme Court. Um, the politics gets really interesting fast. I did just want to talk about the constitutionality and the significance of the right. And so with that, um, I, I'm going to let's go ahead and bring in our guest, uh, Mario, and, and let's get right to work talking to our guest, Mario. I'm so excited. You, you, all of this craziness. I really am so excited to have my friend Mario Nic Nicolaius from, uh, well, from the Lincoln Project. <laughs> we just say it up front. Mario and I started together in the Lincoln Project. You know, we're going to come eventually. He's a lifelong Coloradan uh, attorney, former, like I said, a former colleague. He's worked political campaigns at every level from municipal government to a presidential race. As well as now, as well before this, arguing and winning cases for the Colorado Supreme Court, amongst others. And of course, now it's just won a case in front of the Colorado Supreme Court. Mario, welcome to the show, man. It's so good to see you. Fred, great to see you as well. Uh, actually, I, this is, I've been doing a bunch of interviews, but this is my favorite uh, because uh, a fellow in arms in, in, in the fight. So, yeah. Um, Glad to be on your show, man. That means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. you've been a busy guy. So, for those of us, those who know the followers don't know, what was your role in this whole case? Where, what was your play in all this, Maria? Uh, I was attorney for the uh, petitioners. So, think of it, plaintiffs is is the best way to think of yeah. them. Um, but so the plaintiffs in this case are called petitioners, and I was their lawyer. So I have been uh, working with. Uh, what I'm just going to say is an all star team. Okay, um, who has put this all together. Um, from there, we, we've got a bunch of attorneys here in Colorado who are working together. Um, some of the attorneys from crew, um, have been working with us and I, we, we really couldn't have done it without each and every one of them contributing. Um, and so I was, I was involved. I did some of the trial work. So I questioned one of the U S Capitol patrol officers, ah. uh, Winston Pinjon. Mm. Um, you can, I, I'll send, I'll send you the C-SPAN, um, from that, but <laughs> it's, um, you know, I questioned him, did his direct examination. Um, I was the one who did the cross-examination for Representative Ken Buck. Yeah. Um, so we did, we kind of all pitched in and went from there. And I'll tell you, I think, you know, it's, it is one of the differences that in this case is we had a lot more teamwork and a lot more humility on our side Yeah. Um, versus it seemed like there was kind of some jockeying on the other side about who was going to do what. And um, hey, if you're going to be engaged in Trump world, I guess that's what you get. Yeah, you got everybody's got to make their make their presence known to get paid if you get paid at all. Now, one of the things I've seen you talk about is, you know, there's like 25 cases, right? There's 25 these 25 cases around the country uh, similar to yours, uh, similar to what your plaintiffs. And, and let's start first there. Let's bust one myth that these are Democrats. This is all the left doing this. I saw an interview, at least with one of the plaintiffs, who was actually a Republican, right? These aren't were these weren't Democrats. Who are the people who brought this suit? Yeah, so there are six uh, petitioners, and four of them are Republicans, and two of them are unaffiliated. But okay. I think it goes deeper than that, Fred. Um, these are not just run a mill. Oh, like take them out of a phone book. Republicans. Yeah. Um, one of the Republicans, the lead name on this case, Norma Anderson, is a former state Senate Majority Leader and a state House Majority Leader for the Republican Party. Okay. Um, she she is ninety one years old and she's tougher than probably anyone I know. Yeah. Um, and. Um, you know, she spent her life fighting for this, for fighting for the Republican Party. Um, and she's done, she's probably got, I think she's got six, six decades 
in the Republican Party. So not someone that you can claim as a Democrat. Um, there's a conservative columnist for the Denver Post um, who is one of our uh, plaintiffs. She's conservative enough that she went out there and she said, hey, look, um, you know, I agree with Texas on, on you know, the, uh, the because she's very, very pro-life. Right. Um, I mean, hard to call her a squish. <laughs> uh, we have we have one of our plaintiffs was the deputy chief of staff for the last Republican governor in uh, Colorado. So it's not like it's just, hey, we took a couple people out of the book. These are real rock rib Republicans and conservatives who would simply believe that Donald Trump um, cannot be the next president because he engaged in an insurrection. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell you, some of our petitioners actually voted for him right. the first time around. I saw that. Um, and just and will not now. So uh, I think they voted for him twice, uh, but will not again. And that's the key, right? And and, and I, I saw you mention that this case is different. And there really wasn't this was an evidence based case. This wasn't just a pitch. And, and you guys, it was it was tried, if you will. How is this case different in that way? That the way evidence prevent, was presented, what you guys went through to get to this point. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. That's what's different about this case than every other case across the country. Um, we put on a full trial. Okay. We called witnesses. Like I was saying, I did a direct examination of a U.S. Capitol Patrol officer. Um, we did cross-examination. We submitted uh, the tweets that Donald Trump sent out, um, had it admitted into evidence through the rule of evidence. He got full due process. Um, and we still went, still won. Um, nowhere else in the country has that happened yet. Um, most of the other cases that you've seen are dismissed um, along some political question line or some legal question before it gets to that point. Um, and then also there, there's one guy I think who's filed about 20 of them. Um, he's another candidate in a long shot and he keeps filing in federal court <laughs> despite the fact that federal courts have told him he doesn't have standing. Right. Um, so, so I, you know, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, all these other courts are throwing him out. Well, they're throwing him out under because of, because of the complaint that's been brought. You know, they don't they're not they're not bringing solid complaints. They're not ready to try a full case. We were. And when we were, we won. There you go. And you had a journey to get here. There was a you know, the trial was good. And then there was a, a, a appellate. And now you went to the Supreme Court. Um, and the, some of the defenses I heard, I mean, what was the most ludicrous defense you heard? Oh, gosh, man. I mean, that's like saying what's the most ludicrous I know. thing. Well, the one I was on. thinking, I was thinking of, of course, we're saying he didn't actually take the oath that everybody else takes or some He didn't break an oath because he didn't actually take an oath. Or, yeah. I mean, well, I don't understand. I'm confused on that one. You know, as a guy who took oaths to protect our country, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure that, that resonates with you. Over yeah, and over. The argument they made was that the oath that the president takes um, that's set forth in the Constitution to protect, protect, um, to protect, preserve, and defend the United States is not an oath to support <laughs> the Constitution, <laughs> oh um, which is which is what is required. What they say is required. It's not the exact language. It, it doesn't work, and and the court rightly threw that out. And they just said no. Um, I mean, for one thing, um, dictionaries of the time def <laughs> define defend as yeah. to support. Very um, and so it's it, and we had rulings that we brought up that show that that was wrong. Uh, I think there's that, I, you know, I, so, there's some that are like, seem really good at first blush, yeah. but are just terrible arguments. Keep on hearing people bring up the idea that he needs to be convicted first. Right. Um, and, and it's, I'll, I'll tell you why, you, when you look at it beyond first blush, it's patently absurd. 
it's because you have different burdens of proof. Um, the Section 3 is not a criminal statute. It's not a, you're not going to be punished for committing a crime. You're just being denied the right to run for office. Right. It's being say, you're not qualified. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not, we're going to throw you in prison. So it has a different standard. You know, cr- criminal, everyone's, everyone's familiar with criminal standard, which is reasonable, um, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. Well, civil, you know, side is preponderance of the evidence. Although in our case, um, both the uh, district court and the Colorado Supreme Court have said, not only did we clear that bar of preponderance of the evidence, but we cleared a higher bar called clear and convincing um, evidence. And so, um, you know, we, those, those are different burdens, but that's why you don't need to be convicted of this. And the, the idea that you need a conviction, um, those are people who just don't understand the law. Well, or they're coping. I, I did a whole opening bit about the coping. We're seeing it ready. You know, you know, the, the coping's, the, the, I mean, the right wing cope has been pretty impressive. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the, the gyrations are going through. And one of those coping has been the idea it was a partisan decision on the on behalf of the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up. I guess the, 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 their Supreme Court is they are nominated by the governor for a two year term, but then they have to run for a yes or no election. Right. I mean, is it, what is what is the argument of this being a partisan court? Because it was split four to three. Yeah, I, I don't think that's much of a, an argument. I mean, yeah. I, first of all, I think I think they just ruled on the law. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, if it was a partisan court and you're saying, well, whoever appointed them is going to rule the way or that, then then why wasn't it unanimous? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you would expect that if that's what they were ruling based on. Uh, these judges looked at it. They ruled on it based on what they thought the law was. And a majority said the law dictates that he's not on the card of ballot. And, um, and we think that's the right decision. Now I know there were some some interesting arguments in the in the minority, you know, that in their reports. Mm-hmm. Are there anything in the rulings as you see it that will create? And the question, the next question, be the next steps. But is there? What do you feel about the actual ruling? Are, are the statements of fact, or even the minority rule? Um, how do you feel about what you got out of that? Is it strong? Well, are you in good shape? I'll tell you what was interesting is we thought this would have come out more quickly. The ruling would have come out more quickly. Um, and while we were waiting, we're like, well, we're either going to lose and they just don't, it doesn't matter because they know that we won't be able to appeal anyway. I was like, or they're writing this to, you know, make sure that it is strong as it could be. And that's exactly what they did. Mm. I mean, a 130 page decision. Yeah, I saw that. A lengthy decision. And it is, it, it goes, you know, blow by blow to explain why we won. And it was, it's pretty terrific. It's pretty, I mean, Judge Luddig called it unassailable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's right. I think that the, you know, the dissents, um, you know, I understand what, why they thought that I think that they were wrong. Um, but I have, I have great deal of respect for all those justices. They, they had a lot to do in a short period of time. But so, for instance, one of them talked about the conviction issue, and I thought that was wrong. I, I mean, for instance, um, there were lots of Confederates who were never convicted of a crime right. who were nonetheless barred. Um, so, you know, even history shows that that's not right. Yeah. Um, uh, two of them, and I, you know, I, I will point out too, you know, we talked about a four, three decision, two of the justices ruled on state, uh, state law, um, just said, Hey, state law doesn't allow you to do that. Hmm. That's not reviewable by the Supreme court of the United States. Hmm. They will not touch those issues. So really it's a four to one decision, um, that they're looking at. 
Very interesting. And, you know, I did I did find out in my research that the 14th Amendment was applied for the Confederates, but also I think to keep a socialist out of office <laughs> was the other time. So there's certainly not a conviction there. It was just it just happened to be a socialist. There was words about his uh, his loyalty to the United States. So it has been used other than Confederates and other and actual insurrectionists. So I think I, I, you're right. Now, obviously, it's not over, um, but there's a timeline, right? I mean, you, you're running up like it's a deadline, in Colorado. What, what's that? When is that? And what's what we should, what does that mean for the court now? Yeah, we're a super Tuesday um, ah, vote primary yeah. in Colorado, so March 5th. March 5th. But in order to meet that deadline, we have to certify our ballot by January 5th so we can print it and then have them sent out by January 20th so that, I mean, you'll, you'll appreciate this, so that overseas voters and military voters can get their ballots and they can cast their ballots. Right. So we basically say, hey, look, we've got to have a ruling by then. Uh, the state Supreme Court has has stayed their decision until January 4th, the day before. Hmm. And if nothing happens, if Trump doesn't appeal, um, he won't be on the ballot. That's just that's just all there is to it. He won't be on the ballot in Colorado. Um, he said he's going to appeal. He's going to appeal quickly. And he wants a swift decision from the Supreme Court. And we agree. Um, we were like, okay, we'll take your word. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, and Supreme Court can act very, very quickly. Think about how quickly they a- acted in Bush v. Gore. Yeah. Um, they can hear complex issues. And they can hear it very, very fast. They can hear it before then if they wanted to. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, I'm not, you know, Trump might not even file until then. I don't know. Um, I'll take him his word that he wants to file it right away. Um, but we think that once we do get to the Supreme Court, we have the strongest arguments. And that's next. So you're going to be making a trip to Washington? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> wow. It's exciting. Yeah, Absolutely. So, yeah. And and the case is strong there. Now, um, what do you think is the danger for the Supreme Court? Obviously, we have a very partisan Supreme Court. There's just no way around that. But do you do you see your chances there? Or what, what do you think are the, the possible, as you lay, no, I, I'm sure you were laying up last night thinking about this, where do you see concerns or, or, or strengths as you go into the Supreme Court? You think last night was the first time we thought about it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, don't, I, I should know you better by that. We've been hanging yeah, out for yeah, a few yeah. years now. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I you're I you're a really second third order. You're, you're like me. You're always thinking around the curve. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. No, um, absolutely. I, I mean, we, I think we have a really strong um, yeah. argument. We, we have a strong chance there. Yeah. Um, I, and, 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 you know, I joke about that about the first time, but it, it, it shouldn't be taken as a joke because – we drafted the way that we brought this complaint and what we said in this complaint and the way that we briefed it with that in mind. And so, for instance, we probably cited no less than three or four times in our briefings a decision by then Judge Gorsuch that kicked a presidential candidate off the ballot in Colorado. Um, we cited that multiple times, and then the Colorado Supreme Court cited it just for good measure. Um, and, you know, so he's going to have to say, well, was I wrong then? Do I overturn myself? Um, you know, I, I, I think also, though, one of the things we did, and you can see this in our pleadings about the officer office issue, we we grounded that into the originalist and textualist um, view of how you interpret statutes and how you interpret the Constitution. We went and we pulled dictionaries from the time. That's what someone like a Clarence Thomas is, always does. That's what he right. does. Right. And we said, hey, look, we did that, and this is the conclusion you have to come to. So yeah. if they're true to what they've always done, and if they're true to their interpretation and the way that they interpret statutes in the past, we think we win. Wow. 
doing your homework on these guys is the key. And I, I laughing. It is, it is how we did things back in the old days. We had to see around the, around the corner before we got there. So what's next for you? I mean, how you, uh, you celebrate a little bit, do some TV and, uh, and then uh, pack your bag. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, we all start thinking about what we need to argue or not, but that'll depend on what Trump does or does not do. And, Right now, we twiddle our thumbs and enjoy our victory until yeah. uh, <laughs> until we find out when we've got to appear at the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, are, are similar, and then our last question, I'll let you, I know you, you've got a million things to do because you're a white popper today. Are there other cases going this way? I mean, what, and, and I guess that's the final question, probably a lot of people's minds. It worked in Colorado so far. Um, will this work elsewhere? I guess it's a two-part question. One, if somebody has the same approach in our state, will it work? And then two... Will a Supreme Court decision, if they do, just apply to Colorado, or will there be precedent? I guess there's one and two questions. So number one, do yeah. you think this, they think people learn their lesson from you guys and do the same thing, or are you here? Are you talking to others? I'm going to answer the first one first. Okay. Um, but the second one first, um, I think that if Supreme Court rules in our favor, um, it will instantly um, have have impact across the country. Uh, I, I think if the Supreme Court agrees with us and say he engaged in insurrection, he's not eligible under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, um, instantly he'll be removed across the country. Hmm. Um, and he should be. And in the states that refuse to do it, there will be a federal lawsuit requiring Secretary of State to do it, and the federal courts will have no, no um, uh, they'll have no recourse to say no. They'll have to say, well, the Supreme Court's ruled. So, uh, you know, I think we'll see a lot of that. Um, as for whether states are going to use this and do something like that, it's already happening. Yeah. Lieutenant Governor in California has already demanded the Secretary of State remove him from the um, ballot in California based on this decision. Wow. Um, in Maine, where they already were starting with a hearing, um, the Secretary of State there has told them they're going to delay their hearing so they can brief on this um, this decision. And so the Secretary of State there can review this decision. So, yeah, I think it's having a pretty good ripple effect across the country. Wow. Things get interesting. And I won't get the politics of it because we can talk about that later. But it does it does throw things into a very strange situation as, as people try to decide what is next as far as the campaigns and the stakes and all that kind of stuff. But I think in the end, and what drove you probably and your, and your clients is what's right for the U.S. Constitution. I mean, I think that's where you feel probably where you feel your victory right now, right? Yeah, let me just end on this. It's, it, we live in a rule of law country. Um, and, and if you don't think that the rule of law applies to someone else, um, this isn't the country for you. The rule of law applies to everybody. And the supreme law of our, our country is the U.S. Constitution, and that's what we're doing. We're protecting the U.S. Constitution. Well, thank you for that. I mean, <laughs> you know, the politics will sort itself out, but you're right. If, if you want to believe, I mean, like I said, I swore an oath to it many times. I, I gave the better part of my adult life defending the Constitution, and I would all agree. We still are, <laughs> you know, so, well, congratulations. Honestly, I actually can't think enough for joining. We just put the, for those who know, we just threw this together today. <laughs> Mario, said, Mario said, yes, about two hours ago here on Wednesday. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm proud to know you, proud of you. Congratulations and keep us abreast of what's going on. Well, you keep up the good fight, my friend. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Can't wait. You know, someone told me there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in just a matter of months. I wouldn't have believed it. Well, then I tried Qualia Senolytics. You know, as we age... 
everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and pains, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy that I know so well, all associated with that middle-aged feeling. Now, also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and serving a no useful function for your health anymore, but they're taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. You know, much like pruning the yellow and dead leaves and plants in my garden, Qualia Senolytic removes those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in your body. You take it just two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, as well as gluten-free. And the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. But best of all, on top of all that, you have a 100-day money-back guarantee. And since taking Qualia Senolytics, I have had higher energy levels, I feel 15 years younger, more productive, enthusiastic in life, not to mention, importantly for me, less aches and pains. Now, resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Fred for up to $100 off, and then use code Fred at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash Fred for an extra 15% off of your purchase. And man, thanks, Neurohacker, for sponsoring our show. Man, what a great interview. <laughs> okay. You know, I, this was a fast put together. I hope I, I didn't seem frantic. Uh, Mario is so busy right now. He, he literally ch chimed off of us and went to another interview. Um, but it was just, I just couldn't resist the opportunity to talk to one of the victorious uh, uh, attorneys on this thing. And it just happens to be a friend of mine from the Lincoln Project. It is, uh, it's quite a momentous moment. I mean, I think this is historic. I, don't, I think this is, uh, don't let it be lost in you how historic this moment is to have a, a former president of the United States declared an insurrectionist by a Supreme Court. Um, like I said, I've said a couple times in the show already, I'm sure uh, the politics will be very interesting at this point. The horse race gets crazy. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this because I haven't wrapped my own head around it yet, because frankly, folks, this is a different kind of horse. I mean, a lot of people have been doing horse race politics. I, it Trying to wrap your head around what happens when one of the horses... Um, can't race. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, you know, it's, it really, uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, some very smart people I'm sure are going to have opinions and, uh, and we'll sort it out, but the next few months are going to be significant. Uh, frankly, I think some of the most historic moments we've seen since the 2020 election where so much went on after the election. And I think we're going to see the same kind of uh, madness. Um, other news, other news in DC, some, something we've been covered. I wanted to talk about before we go home and let you go for the holiday, um, is Tommy Tupperville lost folks okay the final straw of tommy tuberville's ridiculous hold on all the flag officer promotions of the united states military for over 10 months uh, if you weren't hearing it and all the madness has gone on he did give up his hold on all the all the three stars and below uh, about two weeks ago they were quickly passed senator schumer jumped on it passed all of the three stars tuberville insisted that he would want all the four stars because you know some of them are woke that was his that was his thing want to get the woke ones off tuberville insisted that those 11 four-star general they're going to go through them one by one. They're going to be carefully examined. Well, guess what? It's Christmas, folks. Tommy's got a palatial estate uh, on the on the Florida beach, and uh, he wanted to get home. He didn't want to stay in D.C. So God bless Senator Schumer. He kept a few people there, and with about 60 senators in attendance, they actually passed all 11 of the four-star promotions. And as you see the screenshot of the newspaper. So now every one of Tommy Tuberville's holds have been lifted. Every one of those military officers uh, and their families can now move on with their lives, and the military can go back to doing their job of not being politicized by a failed football coach from Alabama who lives in Florida. Um, what did he get out of it? Nothing. 
nothing. That's, that's the punchline of the whole story. Tuberville was sure, Tuberville was sure that they would cave. You know, look, it's funny, a lot of people have written me and some of you good folks have made comments on the show and written me notes saying, oh, he's doing this for Trump so they can hold them until Trump comes in and put loyalists. People said he had a, he was playing 3D chess or 4D chess. And I said to you all along, folks, and I know it, it just doesn't make sense. No, he's a monumentally stupid and lazy person in my humble opinion. <laughs> He's a monumentally stupid, lazy person. He was positive that he would put his foot down. He put a hold, it would last a month or so like they have in the past, and they would always, he, he lamented in an interview, guys. He lamented in an interview during this whole thing that he was shot, because in history, every other time, the senator got what they wanted. He was positive that they would change the policy of allowing service members to travel and paying for their travel for reproductive health care. It was positive. That's it. But then it went longer and it went longer and it went longer. And then he started getting money from abortion groups. He started getting awards from abortion groups. He started being a hero of the far right, getting Newsmax hits, getting OAN hits, getting Fox hits. He painted himself into a corner and then he just went on and on and he couldn't find an off ramp. So finally, 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 when the Republican Party found their spine and threatened him, his fellow Republicans, finally, which is, by the way, not to be that guy, I told you so, <laughs> okay? I fucking told you so. I said, the only way this ends is when Mitch McConnell and his fellow Republicans find their damn spines and do the right thing for the nation. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what happened. When they finally, when Lindsey Graham and his other peers finally got their spines and said, dude, we're going to vote with the Democrats to overturn this rule for a limited amount of time, that's when he caved. So there was never a grand scheme. There was never a big plan. There was never a hold for Trump. All the conspiracies, I'm sorry, guys. It's the simplest thing ever. He didn't want to actually do the part of legislating, of writing a bill and going to committee or convincing fellow senators to go along with him. That's like work. Tommy wants to fly in, do TV hits, fly back to Florida. That's it. That's it. That's what he did as a football coach. Okay, took crap for other people's work and now it's over. And what did he get? Nothing but screwing the lives of service members and their families. That's all he did. It's disgusting, you know, and he's got another four years in office, folks. By the time he's around to run an election, runner for re-election, we won't even remember probably, unfortunately. But this is what he got. The good news is we are seeing a movement, I believe, I'm not sure if it passed, I'll have a look, I apologize for not knowing, but there was a bill submitted to give all these delayed officers the back pay and backdating their promotions to when they should have been promoted on time and therefore not hurting. Because one of our concerns, if you remember, I think we had to talk about in the show, was that all these men and women are going to have, their promotions are going to be screwed, their pay is screwed. Um, they may actually time out of their time in service because they didn't get enough time. It, it was a these are details that I want to get into because it's officer army stuff that I did for 22 years. But the bottom line is I will give Congress credit for trying to fix that. But in the end, it's over. In the end, he lost. Good riddance. Hopefully we don't have to hear about Tommy Tuberville's stupidity for a while. Now I got to deal with J.D. Vance and all these other idiots. But for now, Tommy Tuberville has slunk his way back to Florida and is sitting on the beach right now sending racist text messages out. <laughs> 
Last thing I want to talk about going into the holidays, a lot of people have asked, so I thought I'd give you an update. Yes, if you remember, I've talked about it briefly, and I'm trying to avoid talking about it too much. But as you may know, I was sued by a uh, uh, general, or excuse me, Mr. Mike Flynn, <laughs> uh, who did once serve in the Army. Uh, he was the uh, fired national security uh, advisor for the president, for Trump, for about a short time. Uh, he was... Um, shortest serving defense intelligence agency uh, director under President Obama, who let him go early as well. Uh, Mr. Flynn, of course, was a participant in many of the events surrounding January 6th, and of course, since then has made a living uh, traveling the country, uh, supporting some very extreme ideas. He sued me, for those who don't know, for essentially three tweets that I sent back in February and March of 2022. If you do those numbers, that's nearly two years ago during the invasion of Ukraine. Um, I'm not going to go into what those said. I'm not going to repeat uh, the trap, of course, is that I will repeat my, my attacks on Mr. Flynn and give him more ammunition for his lawsuit. I'm not doing that. Uh, I will stick to the facts. And the facts are that I did serve in the armies the same time as Mr. Flynn. I did retire with honor as Lieutenant Colonel of the United States Army. I was never fired from any of my jobs in my 22-year service. And I feel like I've honored my oath of office the entire time. I cannot say the same in my opinion of him. We are ready to file our uh, our uh, reply. Uh, we had uh, we had a certain amount of time to do that. We got an extension. We will file our response to his lawsuit by December 29th, I believe. I've reviewed the uh, the first draft of that response. It's great. I'm very very blessed to have incredible attorneys, Mark Zaid and Brad Moss, uh, and another colleague from Florida who have been very supportive. Are doing it essentially pro bono for me, which is incredible. Um, they have defeated these MAGA lawsuits before. I've got a first class team. We are going to fight this. I believe our filing will end it. But you know how these things go, folks. Lawsuits, maybe they don't get dismissed right away. Uh, if they don't, we will continue to fight. We do have a legal defense fund. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a man made of money. Um, we have we have set up a GoFundMe. It's being run by my attorney. It's not being run by me. Um, and that is to defray a lot of the expenses. Even when your attorneys are pro bono, you have to pay the researchers. You have to pay the filing fees. You have to pay for travel. Um, there will be uh, hearings I had to attend in Florida, um, depositions sitting across from Mr. Flynn. Uh, I'm going to do those things. And to do those, it will cost money that I don't necessarily have a pile of. Um, so there is a legal defense fund. I think Matt's going to put it in the blurb. Um, we'll throw it up here. Um, I would appreciate a little bit of help. Um, if you can't, please don't please don't blow your money before Christmas on me. But if you can't afford a little bit, it is very much appreciated. And I'll keep you abreast of what's going on. We do have to fight this. Mr. Flynn has, has sued many people. This is his thing. He has sued a ton of people. I think there's like half a dozen that I know of off the top of my head. This is what he's doing, uh, as long with others in the MAGA world, Rich Grinnell and others who have sued people. Uh, Cash Patel is, is leading a lot of the charges. I am just one of many. Um, but I'll tell you what, I am not backing down. <laughs> I am not the, I am the wrong guy. I am the wrong guy because I've got nothing to lose and everything to gain by fighting all the way to the day the court decides what the truth is. And the truth is everything I said was true about a public figure. And therefore I will stand on my defense. So thank you for that. Thank you for support. The incredible messages I've been getting, the incredible notes you've sent me. It means the world to me. I do read all of them. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for being part of the On Democracy community, supporting us. I hope you'll read our Substack. I'll keep updates on there, fp11.substack.com. You can see it. Uh, in the meantime, as I always, Forgotten Democrats is going. Just a lot going on. I hope you'll support all these different efforts. I don't want to beat you to death. In the meantime, the most important part of them all, 
please, please have a Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful holiday. We're going to a great weekend. The economy's singing. I went shopping last weekend. I actually had my, my holiday back this last weekend with my family in Virginia. Every store was packed. My daughter owns a store in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Sugar and Spruce sponsored the show. They were packed last weekend. Uh, I think people are starting to believe that the economy is getting better. I paid $2.38 for gas the other day at Costco. Thank you very much for that. I mean, that is a remarkable number compared to what we've been paying. Numbers are looking good. The economy is coming along. People do believe believe, believe things are turning around, believe the country's getting better. And all this nonsense with Donald Trump, all this nonsense, the lies about Mr. Biden, it'll work itself out, folks. We've got 11 months of the election. Have faith. I do. In the meantime, please enjoy your holidays with your family. If you don't have family, please find some peace. I hope you found some joy in the moment. Remember, we've got a lot going for us. Good in America still. It's still worth fighting for. I hope you'll appreciate the blessings we have as a nation, as a world. And you can go on, enjoy your holidays as much as you can. And we will see you next week right here in the same place.